Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now hit me with that theme. Now playing. Cannibalism makes sense. Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Guys, cinema is making a triumphant return, hence why we have managed to go out and see a new Hollywood film that doesn't feel like a just toss it out there and see if we make some money from it, like a legitimate Hollywood blockbuster. We went and saw A Quiet Place 2. Didn't we, Liz? Who's my other guest on this podcast? Yeah. Yay. For Hollywood, because they need to make more money. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I do feel sorry for these, like, celebrities crying in their mansions, you know, like they've had no attention on them for so long. It must be so heartbreaking and disappointing to not have, you know, billions and scullions of dollars and not have, like, the public fawning over you every second of the day. It must be so hard. Right? Like, they just must not know what to do with themselves. So, yay for them. So, we fear we are being mean about, like, a celebrity I actually quite like. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are two awesome people. We shouldn't be too oh, mean about them. Yes, I love them. Uh, I have to say, pretty fucking thrilled that they brought John Krasinski back for this movie. John Krasinski brought himself back. He wrote well, yeah. and directed this film. I did see that and I was like, oh, good. Good on you, buddy, for knowing that the what the public wants is more of you. Exactly. Shirtless would have been nice, but look, I'll take what I can get. Long-time listeners, as you guys know, normally we have three people on this podcast. Now, we are joined by Stacey in spirit and Kahu in spirit, but neither of them could make it tonight, so we are trying something different. We basically are doing what we do in our Patreon episodes, which is just a one-on-one, or what me and Stacey have done on Nicolas Cage episodes, where we basically just have two of us talk about this film. This is going to be interesting, Liz. I'm excited. I'm excited that we've got the two people that were most likely to die if A Quiet Place happened to fucking tomorrow. But I'm really excited to talk about this as well. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that assessment, actually. Uh, I think we can both think of someone who would die before both of us. Oh, Machu and Spanky. That's a good point. Definitely Machu, no question. Anyway, uh, we'll do our usual spiel. So looking at the scores for this film, 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 90% 90 on Rotten Tomatoes, 72% on Metacritic. Wow, this is quite beloved. Well, wasn't the first one? The first one got really high scores as well, didn't it? Not high, high, but like pretty, pretty well regarded. Um, I could see why. Like I watched it this morning, and yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. Actually, I'm not a big horror person, but this that yeah, I re- I really thought it was quality. So I was quite happy to go off and see the movie this afternoon. You're giving away your cards way too early there, Liz. But general plot of this film, Liz, why don't you try? Since hey. you're the most recent to see this, why don't you try and tell us what the plot of this film is? I'm not actually saying I ended up liking it. I'm just saying I was happy to go and see it. Liz likes getting let out of the house sometimes, is what I'm hearing. Sometimes. It's like, yeah, it makes me look good that I actually left the house at some point this weekend. So, <laughs> And not to buy a hose fitting by the 10, which is my plan for tomorrow. Woo! Hose um, fitting. Right. Now, that's a euphemism. How many hoses are you going to fit with that, Liz? <laughs> oh, dear Lord. That sounds like a way worse euphemism, and I'm just not going to go there. So the plot of this film. Is basically, it's an immediate carry-on from the uh, first movie where they the, the family needs to try and survive in a world where there are monsters who can hear any even slightly loudish noises. So they have to do everything in complete silence and come up with solutions now that John Krasinski is <laughs> cocked it. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. We'll get into the meat of it. So 
As I mentioned, normally we had three of us here, so we do 10 questions that can be applied to any film and then move into three personal questions then finish on a listener question or a Patreon question. So because there's only two of us, we're going to try doing 13 questions that can be applied to any film and then three personal questions and then one question that is one of our Patreon questions. So yeah, that's the general outline. The one we always start with is the sandwich question. If people don't know the sandwich question, basically we give it a compliment sandwich if we think it's a positive film. If we feel negatively about this film, we give it a shit sandwich. Or if we're just like extremely positive or extremely negative about this film, we give it a hyperbole sandwich. Liz, why don't you lead us off and give us your score out of 10,000 hearing aids. I am going to start off my compliment sandwich with something that shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, Emily Blunt. Fantastic. I loved both uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski in the first one, and she was, again, a bloody star in the second. I just think in a movie like this, you really need to be a good actor. You really need to be able to convey information through your face and your body language, and she just did that perfectly. Like She really got you into the scene, and, and it was it was fantastic. I didn't like the storyline with the baby nearly suffocating. Uh, I was kind of like, um... Do we really need to do that? It's already terrifying enough to like have a baby and that thing maybe eating that baby. Like that's really gross. Can we can we just not now try and kill off the baby by suffocating it as well? That was that was a bit much for me. As a father, um, let me tell you, that scene was horrifying. Like Oh, well I can imagine. I've, like it was bad enough for me as not a father. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say for like most normal people it's like, yeah, that's kinda of bad, but for, I think for parents it's like, oh my fucking god, there's my worst nightmare right there. Exactly, right? Like yeah, I just yeah, I just was kind of like, do you know what? There's enough going on. It's all terrifying enough. Can we not have the baby suffocate to death? And my third thing, which is a good thing, is um, <laughs> that I felt like there was really good moments of terror for people who like that kind of thing. I don't really, but <laughs> I definitely had me jumping out of my seat a couple of times. I am a massive wuss, and I I did think actually in the movie I was thinking. If I was watching this movie, I w- uh, if I was in this movie and watching this movie, I would die while watching the movie because I gasped loudly like multiple times. Yeah, I thought that was it had a good amount of suspense and shock and terror. Our dear um, listeners, Liz hadn't seen the first one before she went and saw the second one today. So she watched it today. So she went and watched the first one before she went to see the second one. We are slowly turning her into a movie nerd because that's what us movie nerds do, Liz. We actually watch the previous films before we go watch the next one. Like, I'll watch all 21, 22, 23, however many Marvel films before the next one comes out because I'm that much of a weirdo. But what I loved the most about this was the fact that you sent me a message halfway through where you legitimately looked like you'd had a stroke. You're like, I, I don't know how the fuck I'm handling this. And your face was sagging. You were all over the place. I was like, this is awesome. This is clearly terrifying, Liz, just like she said. Yeah, it was in the first five fucking minutes. <laughs> Holy gut punch. I, um, it was insane. Yeah, I did actually send Sam um, commentary throughout the film. I was trying to hold it back, but I was a couple of things. I was like, oh, what about this? How about that? And yeah, he's just like, I love that you're sending me commentary. And he was probably being sarcastic, but too bad because I kept doing it. Oh, yeah, I absolutely um, loved it. When I'm sitting there trying to enjoy my afternoon, actually have an afternoon snooze so I could be prepped and ready for this. <laughs> it's I, a blink of me going. I get a running commentary of, of a film <laughs> I've seen multiple times telling me what's happening in that film. It's amazing. Now I know how Stacey feels when she watches a, a movie <laughs> with me and I talk through it the entirety of the fucking thing. Yes, absolutely. That is exactly what it must be like for her. Um, I'm going to give the movie a score of... I'm going to say 7,887 hearing Jesus aids. Jesus 
Fucking yeah, I, Christ. It was really good because I was actually thinking when I watched the first one that I would probably give it in the 8,000s. And this one, there were a couple things I didn't quite like as much, partly lack of John Krasinski. But yeah, it was still really good. I'm highly surprised, Liz, but I'm very impressed. Very impressed. As long as there's no really gross blood and guts, I can manage a horror. Like, I'm not going to go see Saw, no matter how much anyone begs. I'm never going to go see Saw or Hostel. But I, I didn't mind because I was doing it in the start of the day and like the early afternoon. So I can kind of wind myself down from the terror before I go to bed. I have, worse, <laughs> I have terrible nightmares as it is, guys. Yeah, yeah. I would too if I looked like you. Uh, that was oh my lord, to- I have to look at your face and this <laughs> is the shit I get. What are your points, Sam? Tell us your sandwich. Got him cool. Uh, that was me over to my sandwich. Also a compliment sandwich. I mean, yeah, the first good thing, like you were talking about the terror, but it just, it ratchets up the tension. Like you're mm. talking about the baby, like, oh my God. Like, as I said, watching as a father, pretty bad. But then even the other scenes, like the scene where the little girl puts the chain of bottles around Cillian Murphy's neck. Um, oh Christ. Like the bit where they're in the train station and then into the train. Like, there's just so many parts where it just ratchets up the tension. And John Krasinski has an amazing eye for doing this, where he manages to invest you long enough into the scene and into these characters. And the opening scene's another great example. And he knows how to let it linger long enough to actually get you really hooked, but then to edit around it so that it's, like, it's still punchy and scary and, like, takes you by surprise. Like, fuck, it's, it's a real deft eye, especially in sort of horror, thriller, filmmaking because you don't see it executed too well too often and he's just he's doing an amazing job like well ahead of a station sort of thing uh the bad thing yeah we mentioned in the first one about how the the kids totally took you by surprise and then krasinski died at the end that's what this film is missing like no one of any note died yeah yeah absolutely they they let them all live and i was just kind of like oh i mean you kind of wanted someone to die although you couldn't have emily blunt lose anyone else that was too much shit but maybe Cillian murphy could have cracked it yeah, I was expecting him to die. But I feel like they switched it in a, around in a way that they're like, well, you're kind of expecting him to die, so he's not going to. They introduce yeah, a character yeah. that dies very in a minute way, which I want to talk about later, so I'm not going to talk about that too much. But like one of the sons, or even the baby, like if it had the balls to kill something... They kill couldn't some- kill the baby. They just couldn't do it. Of course you fucking couldn't. But like if it had the balls to do that, holy shit, would you be talking about this film forever? Oh my god, yeah, so dark. But um okay, fair. Yeah. And then yeah, final good thing. You mentioned Emily Blunt. She's amazing. Cillian Murphy as well, outstanding. Millicent Simmons as well. Ah, oh, she's so good. She's so good. Is that the way the de- the black girl that played the deaf girl? Ah, uh, the deaf girl that played the deaf girl, yeah, that's correct. So she is deaf? So she is deaf, yes. Oh, that's awesome. I like that they got a deaf because I feel like she's gonna be able to ca- encapsulate that better than a hearing actress. Absolutely. Like a level of authenticity that is just like unparalleled, mm. obviously. I really like that Hollywood's doing that more now. So, I mean, yeah, like they, they all had great performances. There's not a single person in here where I was just like, oh my God, you're dead weight. But at the same time, there's not enough characters in here to actually get vested too much behind them. So, mm. yeah. I've got more to say about that very soon, which is question number two. Julio's you didn't question. give me a score, though. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. 7,999 hearing aids out of 10,000. Okay, so actually pretty much bang on the same as me, give or take. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Right around that mark. Cool. Uh, Moves over to question number two. What is it and who is it courtesy of, Liz? 
All right. Um, this question comes courtesy of uh, Julio from the Contrarians, who I'm a big fan of because he likes me and he likes giving shit to Sam, which, hey, look, both of those <laughs> things are pretty awesome. Uh, Contrarians should. podcast is amazing as well, so you should check that out. The question that he has is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? I was going to say that this is better than the first film, but I feel like that's not that controversial. I was also going to say that Cillian Murphy is better than John Krasinski. Which no. is slightly controversial. But, I mean, it's just because Cillian Murphy knows how to play dejected loser really well. And, like, I'm not faulting John Krasinski too much, but the biggest controversial and biggest pain in the ass thing I have with this film that I didn't mention in my bad thing is it doesn't have a third act. In fact, it just repeats the ending from the first one, and it feels a little lackluster and a bit of a letdown. Like, we get to a, a natural conclusion, the same that we got to in the first one, where it's like, hey, we've figured out a way to stop these guys. Killed one. That's it. The end. And they just did the same thing. Like, I legitimately, when the credits started rolling, I was like, what the f- where's the rest of this fucking film? Where's them going on a rampage and killing these motherfuckers? I was very well, disappointed. That leads perfectly to my answer because my answer was that I want there to be a third movie. And I feel that's controversial because whoever asked for a third movie in a franchise, you know, like, they're almost always terrible and ruin the whole thing. But I really think that they could do an amazing job with the third movie here. And that's exactly it. I feel like it needs it needs a conclusion. It needs something to sort of round it out and have the humans fighting back and, and coming up trumps kind of thing. It naturally yeah. leads itself to that, eh? Like, I, f- I feel like... I, I think they set it up to that. do that. They, they already were planning for a third movie, and they're like, well, let's just leave it open so we can just do that. I, I think your call about Cillian Murphy is hugely controversial because I just think John Krasinski paid, played that careworn father in the first one so beautifully, like... Um, he was just so exhausted and tired and worried and desperate. And not, yeah, I don't. Oh, Silly Murphy was fine, but he was just your sort of run of the mill kind of, I'm having a shit day kind of guy. Like he was fine, but it just, he didn't fl- blow my mind. Like he, 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 he always hypnotizes me whenever he's on screen. I've got a, a massive affinity for him, I think. So oh, maybe I just that... find him a little creepy. Yeah, that's it. But that's, but that's the thing. Like I love how creepy he is. I feel like he just, played it to perfection in this like it but he wasn't supposed to be creepy no but that was the best part like it was like <laughs> subverting your expectations because the whole time you're thinking oh this guy's gonna turn and he's gonna die or he's actually a fucking weirdo all that sort of shit and then he isn't and you're like wow wow yeah, you did like- an amazing job of luring me in and just like making me feel like a fucking idiot which is hard for me when i watch so many films and i typically know where every film is going to go within 10 seconds of watching a film I was convinced he was going to have that turn of like, you know, oh, you shouldn't trust people. And then he yeah, yeah. was going to be the one you shouldn't have trusted. And yeah, that would have been clever. Too, it would have been think of that. very stereotypical. It would have been Well, actually, that's cliched. true. Yeah. Kind of nice to show that there were some people who could like be decent and stuff. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, next question, Patreon question as well, comes courtesy of Chris Yeni. Fuck you, the man, Chris. Uh, Chris's question, what song would you have inserted into this film and where? And we typically try to go as on the nose as possible with this, don't we, Liz? So let's <laughs> yep, see. Yep, and mine sure is. Mine sure is. <laughs> I, I feel like I've got yours written down. I was like, this is going to be Liz's answer, but let's, let's okay. see what you say. No, I kind of want to know what you think I'm going to say. Is it Sound of Silence by Simon No, because that was in the first bloody one. And also, <laughs> I wouldn't have chosen that one. I would have chosen the version by Disturbed if I was going to choose that. Is it Disturbed that does that really amazing version, though? It is, and you are Disturbed, so that makes a lot of sense. Fuck off. So, no, mine is, yeah, okay, it's still pretty much on the nose, to be honest. It's, it's the bit where she's playing with the gramophone with the little kid on the island. 
Yeah. She's sort of explaining that she can play the frequency um, through the gramophone and whatever. And I think it would have been amazing if at that moment he was actually like, no, let me show you this cool music that I like and put on Drowning Pool bodies and then as it had counted in let the bodies hit the floor let and then like the monster sweeps in and like just eats and like the body falls to the floor because he's eaten it (laughs) movie reviews and 20 cues now has a chris yeni list of answers that we're not allowed to use anymore highway to hell is on there road to nowhere (laughs) is on there bodies is now on there sound of silence for anything like these films is now on there um, and by the oh, way, that's not how place. the song goes. Is it goes? Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> not in my version. Um, you could also actually have it when they were in the car, and he turns on the radio, and then the aliens come through and stop letting the bodies hit the floor. That would have also been fun. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, that song has now been officially ruled out of contention <laughs> for this question well, ever again. Let's hear your ridiculously on the nose song well here you go here's another song that is never allowed to be used in a horror film (laughs) for this question ever again and it's gloria gaynor's i will survive and i would have had that playing right at the end when they basically started blasting out through the frequencies go on now go walk out the door just turn around now because you're not welcome anymore exactly There we go. Cliche on the nose. There we go. Never allowed to use this in a horror film ever again. I will survive. I will survive. There you go, Chris. I don't know if that's what you expected with your question, but that is what you're getting. You're getting cliche (laughs) on top of cliche every goddamn time. We are literally going to go through every single song until we rule them out of contention. And we have to get very creative and actually try and think up a very good answer for that one. That's that's what we're going to have to do from now on. And that moves us over to question number four. What is it there, Liz? Uh, question number four is, in fact, what was the biggest dick move of the movie? And you're not allowed to choose the creepy aliens for eating people. Yeah, that's the one that makes sense. And I feel like we have to rule out the creepy dudes on the dock for trying to do whatever they're yeah. doing. Yeah, we'll deal with them later. I feel like it's old mate the brother just leaving the kid alone, the baby alone, and then just going off to see where his mum's at. Like, it's going to make a difference. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he's... You know, dysfunctional. He can't really do anything. He's not going to save his mum, but yet he leaves a small baby alone and goes to have a look upstairs. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah, and he doesn't even check that it has enough fucking oxygen. Exactly. Is, you know, only would have taken a glance, buddy. Bloody um, yeah, um, I'm going with Cillian Murphy uh, when he didn't leave the girl a note when he ditched her with the earpiece. So, like, she woke up and all his shit was gone, her earpiece was gone. And she's just totally devastated. And how hard would it have been to like find a pen? It's got to be a pen in the fucking train conductor's office or whatever, where he could just be like, "Gone to find boat." Did you did you not read the movie trivia about this about how those things eat pens? That's how they sustain themselves through the digestive system. Pens and paper. Mm, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Why fuck would you? <laughs> no, I was just like, come on, man. And it was really funny as well when he was trying to. Um, Expl- you know, like when he's, he's like, oh, my God, you can't hear me. I, ca- I can't explain. I was like, find a pen and paper, buddy. That might yeah. be a good start. But then he actually, he was a dick as well at the end when she's like, look at me and like drags his face around. And then he's like, turns away and mumbles again. And I'm like, well, she still can't hear you, bro. Like she is deaf. Enunciate. Yeah, but he's a male. We need to be told something five times before it gets through. Come on, man. You I'm not leaping this. into that gender bollocks. 
Cool. Anyway, uh, moves this over to question number five. What deep philosophical debate arose in you while you're watching this film? Uh, just that the whole one around natural selection, because I feel like the movie covered off really well. The, the, when they were, he was telling the story about everyone queuing for the boats, and then when they all saw that there was only so many boats and they wanted to get on, and they all started like screaming and pushing each other, I was like, yeah, that's how human beings are stupid. And that's natural selection for you because, like, the smarter people would have gone, no, let's be really quiet because these things can hear us. But no, people will just get panicked and, like, they don't have good survival instincts. I was thinking about that too. I was thinking about how accurate that was that all these people just freaked out and, you know, what was it, 12 boats were there and only one made it to the island or whatever or two Two, made it to the island. yeah. Yeah. The one for me is, what is it about Cillian Murphy that just makes him so creepy? I don't know, but I think it might be his eyes. I think it's the eyes. I was about to say, they're like, they're very hypnotic and very striking. They're just wide apart. Don't they are, and very wide trust apart. Trust people with wide eyes. I don't know. Yeah. And the, <laughs> yeah. Terrible it's, it's, I think that's actually proven for evolution that we don't trust people with two eyes that are too wide apart. But on top of that, it's like their color. Like they're very distinguishable. You know, like they're very distinct. Aren't yours the same color, Sam? Yeah, I've got blue eyes as well, but his are like way more blue than me. They're like sort oh. of like a light, I don't know, sky blue. Well, I wonder why I find you creepy then. Oh, that's because you want to sleep with me. That's the only reason why you find oh, me so You creepy. were harping on on this and it is the biggest load of bollocks I've ever heard. You're just trying to convince yourself that I'm creepy so that you'll get over Blech. it. It's not working, obviously, but, you know, just Blech. keep trying, man. <laughs> I'm a happily Blech. married man with a daughter, okay? Oh, vomit. Listeners, I think you know quite well. <laughs> that is the biggest load of crap in the history of time. Whatever you want to tell yourself to sleep uh, at night, Liz. On. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> question number six. What is it, Liz? I was actually hoping it was uh, question seven. What was the most preposterously insane leap of logic? <laughs> and it was that I would want to sleep with you. I was like, this is perfect timing. Uh, no, okay, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Question six is brought to us by the most wonderful Emily Higgins uh, of the Tasteless podcast. Now I got to spend some quality time with Emily on the live stream for The Cure uh, the other day, and I was reminded just how hilarious she is. So I definitely recommend that everyone go and check out her fabulous podcast. She would like to know, uh, what obscure or underrated movie would you pair with this one to make a double feature? She's also going to be on next week's episode. Ayla's, you, her, and Stacey will be doing Cruella. Oh, yeah. Wow, that came up quick. I'm very excited for that. That came up quick, a line that I have heard way too many times. The film I would have gone with, though, is Hush. Have you seen Hush? No, of course you haven't. I made Stacey watch it. Yes, Nick Haskins, I know you hate this film. Stop screaming at your podcast app. Hush is about a writer who lives in the countryside who is deaf, and she basically starts getting stalked by a guy, just a random guy. It's like a home invasion horror film, basically, but it's so much more different because the girl is deaf, so she can't hear anything. She doesn't know where he is. He's, like, stalking the house. It's it's really tense, and, like, Stacey liked it. So if Stacey liked it, I, I feel like you could handle it. I think I would find it scary being a woman who lives alone <laughs> watching something like that. Because after I watched it, I'd be like, what was that creak? What was that noise? <laughs> like, I'd be really freaking out. Good. Um, but, you know, n- you never know. I might get around to watching it. Um, $5 Patreons, please make us do a review. <laughs> please make no. us review. Hush. Me and Liz. Stop being mean. Uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a different tangent here. I think I would go with the Girl on the Train. Oh, I hate that film. 
Really? No, see, I liked the film because I just thought there was another chance for Emily Blunt to show her acting chops. And, you know, you watch this film and you love Emily Blunt and you want more. So I want to go more Emily Blunt. I really just could not get into that film. I remember it being pitched as like it's the new Gone Girl, it's the new sort of builders that and then didn't turn into that. I, I just didn't enjoy it. I wasn't for me. Oh, fair enough. Well, I mean, I don't even really mind as long as it's a film with Emily Blunt. So yeah. that's what I'm putting in she's there. Pretty yeah, much she's good in everything. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, question number seven. What was the most preposterously insane leap of logic in this film? So not talking about in our relationship, Liz, I'm talking about in this film, so you can <laughs> cut that off. No, your leap of logic that anyone would want to have sex with you is um, a pretty preposterous. Preposterous. I've had a kid. There's proof that I have had sex once in my life. So there yeah, you go. That doesn't mean she enjoy- No, okay. No, I'm not going to get into that. Um, so I am going with the choice that they all make to have bare feet. Because I feel like there's got to be a footwear option that allows you to stay quiet, but doesn't mean that your feet are going to freeze off. Because they're wearing quite warm clothes a lot of the time. So I'm guessing it's supposed to be kind of cold. I mean... Surely if you've got really painful, numb feet, it's going to be harder to, like, run and stuff. Like, it's a good point, Liz. They should be wearing something that muffles their sound, you know. Like, it's not like clothing's going to be in short supply in this world, you know. Yeah, I feel like you could have done, like, leather booties or something. I don't know. But um, I I, I get that they were trying to do it as, like, a stylistic kind of, oh, look, you know, we have to walk with bare feet to avoid the monsters. But, um, yeah, I just found that. Really hard to buy, especially because mo- like Americans aren't like New Zealanders. New Zealanders walk about without shoes on all the time. I'm not wearing shoes right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but Americans are not those people. So then, the imagine how soft and pathetic their feet would have been initially. Well, I don't know if you know this, but feet is now all the rage online sexually. It's like the new fetish for everyone. But it's not the new fetish. I've had foot oh, no, fetish I... dudes going like saying things for years. Okay, it's not new, but it's become in vogue. Okay, that's um, all. Like, also well, what God say. knows why they have. I have the ugliest feet ever. They're just such ugly feet. Welcome back. Sorry to, to any Sam of listeners. <laughs> yeah. Are there any listeners out there going, man? I wish I could just see Liz's feet. No, <laughs> no, you don't want to see them. They are hideous. I guarantee mine are worse. They're cracked and disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, ditto. Yep. Yep. They're pretty, yeah, hideous. pretty bad. All right, so what's your preposterous... That's so hard to say, Sam. What I know, that's the point of this question. Preposterously insane leap of logic. Why aren't they carrying around just empty beer bottles or something like that on their belts, not beside each other, not clinking together, but like just one on either side, and whenever a monster gets near them, they just rifle one off into the distance? You know what I mean? Like rocks in your um, pockets if, if you don't have beer bottles, whatever. I don't know. I felt like... You it, could keep a rock in one or, or like a, a bottle, something steel or like a marble or something, you know, in one. And then, you know, like so you keep two things apart and then stick them together and throw it. So then yeah. it makes a noise. I don't know what it something would be. Something that makes but, a hell of yeah. a lot of noise, yeah. They've got plenty. They've had plenty of time to think of it. So, yeah, there's no excuse, guys. Absolutely. Question number eight, also a Patreon question, comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon as well. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content, video essays, stuff on Medium, YouTube recommendations, all that sort of good fun stuff. You should go check it out. He hasn't put much lately. I'm hoping you will soon, Dave. I uh, often drop by to check out what you've been doing. But anyway, it's all good stuff that's already there. So go check out patreon.com forward slash your favorite. Anyway, what's his question, Liz? Okay, he'd like to know which two characters would you want with you at a house party? I'm laughing because I wrote Emily Blunt, comma, and then gave up on life. <laughs> yeah, legit. Look, and I didn't even put Emily Blunt because I was like, she's just very worn out and tired. Like, she's not going to want a party. 
I, so, you say that, but I feel like if she, as soon as she got to that island where everyone's just like on, I don't know if they're partying or whatever, but they're all like, you know, socializing, having a good time. I reckon she'd be like, oh, thank fucking Christ. So it's funny you mentioned the um, island. Well, it's not really because there weren't a lot of people in this movie, but I'm just going with two of the randoms at the at the campfire because obviously they're all about having a party and a good time. Who doesn't mind a good campfire? So, yep, I'm going with them. Liz loves having a party and a good time with a couple of randoms from what I've heard. So, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to beat you to death with your own <laughs> shoes. And I can because you're not in this movie and you you have some. I'm not wearing shoes. We've established this. I'm fine. <laughs> It'll be easier to beat you to death with them. Then. <laughs> I do like that I said that to Machi when I was up last week and he was like, well, I'm wearing jandals, so that's all right. <laughs> I was like, oh, fair call. <laughs> take very long, but yep. Yeah. Get there in the end. Question number nine, making a triumphant return to this podcast. What would the porn parody name of this film be? I am going to go with My Private Place 2. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it could be Fuck My Private Place 2 or something, but I don't know. It was a hard You swore, Liz. You swore. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't mind swearing. I'll swear all the time. I just don't like to say inappropriate words. So, actually, that is exactly what I would call my private place. So, I would be like, oh, would you like to fuck my um, private place? Jesus Christ. Who said romance is dead? <laughs> I am going to go with a quiet face to sit. Oh, I like it in a way that I hate it, but it is a good porn parody name, given oh, this is not you. a good choice. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, so question uh, 10 comes from Dan of the Netflix and Swill podcast, a podcast where they review everything awesome Netflix-related, so definitely check that one out. I'm also a fan of Dan because he also likes to make fun of Sam and be nice to me. So, yeah, I'm, it's yet another podcast with great people. You should hear what they say behind your back, Liz. It's great. Well, that's fine. I don't have to hear it. It's behind my back. So <laughs> question 10 is who was the true MVP of this movie? And I think that's going to be an easy one to answer. Oh, it is. It is. It's the kids. It's the kids. No, it not... isn't. Yes, it is. It's the kids. They haven't aged too much. So there's not like a, like this film it pretty much picks up straight after the end of Quiet Place. And yet the kids don't look disproportionately older than they should be. So they've done very well and not. Aging too no, much. Not aging. <laughs> yeah. I did think that the the younger boy, like the boy did look a little yeah. bit older. And I think they he might have just got noticeable. an entirely different kid for the little boy because they didn't need him in it very much. No, in the actual film, though, they were complete idiots. Like you said, the boy like tried to feed his baby's brother like no oxygen and like left him alone. And the girl just went off on her own thing and caused problems. And no, nah, screw him. It's Emily Blunt. Yeah, okay. Obviously, in terms of the characters inside of this film, yes, it's Emily Blunt. But I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm going to choose on this that. one. I'm throwing out a Stacey answer. It's okay. I'm going Emily Blunt. She's fucking banging. She's spectacular. I love her. The end. Similar to our episode on Stowaway, I have tweeted this podcast repetitively at Emily Blunt. She's never replied to any of them. Stop trying, Liz. She's not going to become your friend if you do this, okay? Well, at least she's not going to block you like she's like Anna Kendrick has. We're not supposed to talk about that on the podcast, Liz. <laughs> well, then, should we move over to question 11, Sam? Absolutely, we should. And that question is, what film out there in the cinematic landscape would totally try and sleep with this film, given half a chance? I am going to go with Iron Man. And the reason I choose that, <laughs> Sam's like, what the fuck? The reason I'm choosing it is because I was like, okay, this is a movie where there's not a lot of talking, but it's pretty good at what it does. 
So you're going to want like some really arrogant douche who just wants to talk about himself and the, the you know, the movies trying to have sex with is it trying to talk back. He, they, and we'll just sit and listen to him. So I'm going with Iron Man because Tony Stark would totally love that shit. Similar to you, I was trying to think of an opposite of this film, right? And I was trying to think, what's the opposite of a very quiet, well-thought-out thriller? And I was like, it's a Michael Bay film. Michael Bay <laughs> loves putting a ridiculous amount of noise into his films. He's just all about that. And then I also was thinking that at the start of this film, we see where these aliens come from. We see an asteroid, which is kind of split up over Earth and dropped all these aliens on the planet, right? Did so you know we? what I'm thinking. Did we see that? Yeah, we see, they, we see them look up in the sky and they see like an asteroid breaking up. And the implication oh, is I that, just saw one bit shooting down. Okay. So that's the implication, right? Or, you know, mm-hmm. it could have been something, but it, I'm going with an asteroid that's been exploded. And what Michael Bay film features an asteroid being exploded? I don't know, Sam. I make it a point not to watch any Michael Bay films. Armageddon. Is that a Michael Bay film? Yes. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it, so I'm glad I'm still sticking to my principles. <laughs> I mostly didn't see it because I don't like Love, Tyler. Yeah, I don't like the song either. So there was just no selling point. I preferred Deep Impact. That was a good film. Oh, we should do that. There's that a porn parody. Be, yeah, I was about to say, you wouldn't need to have the question about the porn parody name. Oh, the porn oh, although actually, um, you wouldn't need a, a new title for Armageddon either if we were making a porn movie about you. Because having sex with you would be like Armageddon. No. Um, is that the nicest thing I've ever said to you? The feed I had at KFC <laughs> is usually an Armageddon. I, I think that's no. a bit more accurate. No, I think we need to move on. Responsible for the genocide of millions of chickens. That's all I got to say. Oh, poor wee chickens. Question 12. Question 12, also making a triumphant return. Okay, Stacey's least favorite question. What is it, Liz? How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this film, Sam? We've got the same answer, right? Maybe. One of those dock people. Yeah, the guy who got eaten on the dock. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Got because he would have absolutely like screamed bloody murder and stuff as well and been like a complete nut job. And, like he could have done the whole weird, creepy vibe of that guy. The sad thing is with Nick Cage has now degenerated himself down to just awesome cameos. Because the last really good film of his was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Shout out to the Contrarians and Netflix and Swill for doing an awesome episode on that recently. But he played Spider-Man Noir and it was like a little cameo. And he was perfect. He was pitch perfect. And in this Wait, film- hold up. Are you telling me that Inconceivable came before Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse? It did come before that. That was the last truly great uh, Nicolas Cage live-action performance was Inconceivable. <laughs> I mean, it was the last one where he was not the worst actor in the f- movie, I would say. Mm, debatable. Debatable. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the same as you. Creepy head of the dock people. No-brainer. Easy-peasy. Moves us over to question number 13, which is Stacey's actual favourite question. Which character from this film should have been replaced by a talking dog? I'm going with the little boy for some light relief to begin with. Um, you know, just sort of it'd be lovely for the woman to have a nice dog to cuddle instead of an annoying, annoying little kid. Dogs have a natural sense of like protecting humans and like babies and stuff. So the dog would have really tried to take good care of the baby. Makes sense. Yeah. I want to get into this a little bit more as we go on in one of my questions, but I would have preferred it if the monsters had been replaced by talking dogs. I was going to say, you can't do that. That's cheating. It is. Absolutely. But like, I'm going with it. I don't give a shit. Say, for instance, aliens were invading Earth and they created genetically a creature to invade the planet and that would gain people's trust and then murder them. A talking dog would be a pretty awesome choice. 
And cool. re- that's a different movie. That is a different movie. That's absolutely a different movie. But that's that's what I would have had. I would have loved talking dogs, just communicating with each other. You know, trying to round up humans. Oh, like sheep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Although I feel like they would have taken away the alien element. People would have just think, oh, they're mutant dogs or something like that. I'm surprised it hasn't been done. A horror film involving talking dogs. Worst idea or best idea I've ever had? I can't decide. Well, let's let's see what the listeners think. I look forward to hearing the feedback. No, best idea was marrying Stacey. So, I mean, it's clearly, clearly going to be... Maybe, Sometimes you're maybe not entirely repulsive. <laughs> I try. Okay, yeah, that moves me over to my questions. Let's get into the meat of something that I've been thinking about the entire time and I wanted to ask is that I was almost going to use for a couple of answers, but why is there no one just prowling the coast and constantly luring the monsters into the water? Because in this film, it establishes that when the monsters get into water, they drown. Although that kind of goes against the first film where we see a monster wading through the water to kill the baby, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, did the monster actually drown in the water, or was it just that it had to try and swim back and it was struggling? Yeah, like, is it, is it scurrying across the bottom? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I get the, the saying that they can't swim long distances, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can drown altogether. But I think the answer to your question is just that there is no one. Like, there are, like, no people in this film or, you know, left over. So the, who would do it? Like, I feel like there's people. I feel like there's people on the island have worked it out. Like they worked out the monsters drown. Well, they they think they drown. Like why would you not just be out in the harbour, just like with a I don't know, just a pot and pan, and just like banging them together and like deluring the monsters out there? Because the monsters are effectively blind. You could have, just have them like lemmings, you know, just jumping off the cliff. Even though lemmings don't do this, but they could just be jumping off the you know coastline into mm-hmm. the water and drowning. Like it would it would make so much sense. You'd be like I don't know how sure. you describe it. I think those people on the island had been like lulled into a false sense of security. They'd been there for like over a year. They're having their nice bonfires and chilling out and their life's all normal and no one's turned up to remind them how horrible it all is. So they're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, YOLO, who cares? Why put, it, why put ourselves in extra risk? You know, this is fine. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a fuck if there's more survivors out there? Let's just do whatever the fuck we want. Oh, we'll play them a song that they'll have to interpret. I mean, we could record a message that says, hi, we're on an island. There are boats. Come and visit us. But no, no, they did not. They played a song and hoped that people would interpret it. It's, That's the preposterous leak of logic. That's the one I was thinking of. Why the hell do they not, like, record a message? It's natural selection, Liz. They only want the smartest people to get there. Well, the people with the most, like, lateral leaps in logic. I don't know. I just was kind of like, this seems really dumb. Even singing the song, if you felt like the monsters might be able to interpret English, like, I don't know. It just seemed really stupid to me. Hey, we don't know what these monsters are capable of, Liz. We don't know. Which brings me to my next question. Are these monsters there by accident or have they been sent to Earth? Because as I said, the implication is that this asteroid exploded, broke up in the whatever, or maybe it was sent to you. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? I had always assumed that they were sent there because um, they obviously seemed to fit quite naturally into the environment. Like, they didn't die or anything. They could breathe the air and things. So... I don't know. You obviously think that perhaps they went there by accident. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I had an answer to this. I could easily think that they're an invading force that's been sent here by an alien race that's like, we'll send these guys in first and then we'll just come down, blast them with that noise, kill them all, goodbye. I suppose that's a good point. Um, Actually, though, when I'm thinking about it, I, I do think that they have to have been sent there on purpose because there must have been a lot of them. And if it was just like an asteroid, that would have been a huge asteroid to like have them all on it to be sending all of those down there so then surely humans would have like seen that coming i don't know 
I don't know. Something to ponder or not care about at all, as the case may be. I don't feel like we can. I don't like. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that we can't monitor every sec, you know centimeter of space at any given point in time. Oh, absolutely not. But I feel like something on that trajectory to Earth would have been picked up that like that size, unless it was going at like a super warp speed or some shit. I don't know. I'm but, pretty you know, sure we know about all the comets and stuff that are going to hurt Earth. Haven't you seen Deep Impact? Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're back to that. No, I mean the non-porn one. <laughs> oh, there's a non-porn one. <laughs> yeah. Elijah Wood's in it. You wouldn't want him in a porn film. Mm, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Morgan Freeman, question? definitely. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Imagine Morgan Freeman narrating a porn. Now that's, Yes, that's he the... should narrate every porn film ever from now on. Candy was having problems with her plumbing, so she rang up Randy to come around and fix her pipes. Mate, I would actually watch porn if... Morgan Freeman narrated it. That's not true. I might listen to it, though. There we go. <laughs> no, it's still not true. <laughs> I'm going to start a Kickstarter for us to pay Morgan Freeman to narrate a porn so that Liz will watch it. No. No. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to donate money to that. No. There, go. So, there we go. This is the stupidest idea I've ever had, so congratulations. I've beaten it already on this podcast. It's an exciting time for all of us. What's your question? Uh, your next question? Yeah, so my next question, I mean... I think we've already used this in the previous podcast for A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. You know, this this film repeated its ending. I'm going to repeat my question. Fuck it. <laughs> so aside from the obvious, because we, we mentioned this in the last one, snoring or talking in your sleep, what noise do you think would be your undoing? I sometimes think of like little turns of phrase or basically like lyrics in my head or, you know, some a quote from a movie or something, and I'll say it or I'll sing it just out loud because it just comes to my head. So like literally as I got home from this, film it was a quote from veronica mars as i got out of the car that popped into my head thinking about the film and i was like they're all dead and i said that out loud and i was like yep and that's where you'd die like just <laughs> saying something mindlessly out loud from something that was in my mind either that or just like just screaming just like what the fuck is happening over and over again and then just, just existential despair basically, yeah, existential despair yours. is the best way yeah. to describe it like trying to like analyze out loud what the fuck is going on. That would be the end of me. I'd be one of the first to go easily. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Liz, what are your questions? We can only hope. Um, okay, so. <laughs> All right, so the first of my personal questions is, what the hell was with the people at the dock? So one thing I want to bring up here, and I feel like I heard this in a horror film or The Walking Dead or something like that, something I saw somewhere. But did you notice they all had really red sunken eyes yes so yeah they all looked really unwell or something so what i've heard is that's a byproduct of cannibalism Mm -mm. that's bollocks why would that be a byproduct of cannibalism yeah why would you suddenly get red eyes and all that sort of shit i don't know i don't know i heard there's a byproduct of cannibalism i wouldn't be surprised yeah that's even better answer i think like i feel like cannibalism makes sense you know what i mean that they looked like they were eyeing her (laughs) up to eat her I just love that as a, if you cut that quote out with no context, it's just like, yeah, cannibalism makes sense. <laughs> like, okay. I'll use that on another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, they were really creepy, though. It had a super creepy vibe. I was yeah. kind of sad that we never found out who they were or what they were going to try and do. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see people. No, actually, that was the worst. That's basically where I stopped watching Walking Dead when they started bringing in cannibalism. Yeah. That's... That was where I was like, nope, too much, I'm out. Can't do it. Don't anyway. eat what you can't cook, eh? <laughs> Gross. Question two of my three personal questions is, how can they use the frequency that they've discovered to the best effect now? As soon as I read this question, I just imagined 
her because she's deaf. So she, noise doesn't affect her whatsoever, right? I was just imagining her with one of those 80s style boom boxes on her shoulder, just walking around, just do just blasting out the frequency. And just Except like, it wouldn't be do No, obviously be, fucking not. <laughs> but just people behind her with plugged ears and like machine guns or whatever, because this is America. They've got guns and fucking like, you know, everywhere. You basically open up a medicine drawer, there's a gun. You like look in the ceiling cavity, there's a gun. You open up a fridge, there's a gun. You have a look in behind someone's TV, they've got they've got guns everywhere in America. They've got more guns than people, so they would easily be able to find machine guns and shit, tool themselves up, go out and bust some fools. They would absolutely pop a cap in those monsters' asses. I think that is a turn of phrase that is correct. Uh, clearly, New Zealanders not so much on the guns. So. No, listen to Liz get all gangster. Liz was asking me before, well, how much no, sound would don't, a... don't, don't you dare knock about how dumb I am. Anyway, the point is, how much sound I... would a gun make compared to a bullet hitting something? Well, I don't know. I don't shoot guns, so why would I know that? Anyway, the point is, I was thinking something a bit more like high tech because I think you could have like a actual. Like village set up, and you could set up big speakers around the outside to like shoot that noise out, and then you could have that village on like the main land, and the aliens would all be like writhing in pain and stuff, and not make it in there. True, uh, good point. Yeah. Um. All right. And my final question is: What do you reckon the situation in New Zealand is at this point? I feel like New Zealand—they're not going to know where we are. They're not going to care. Yeah, we're not on the map. So it's fine. They would just exactly. be like this. As they come in over us, they'll be like, hey, there's a little bit of land that no one put on any maps. Uh, it's probably nothing. So New Zealand will just be going about blissfully, like, or not unaware. I think we might have worked out what happened. Although, would we? Yeah, oh, fucking absolutely we would have worked out what's happening. There would have been news reports and shit that would have come out that we would have received. We'd... Oh, yeah, because there were, like, printed pages and stuff, which I thought was actually complete crap. Because as soon as those things went out and started, like, eating people, you're not going to have, like, printing presses for mass-producing, like, newspapers and shit. But I could understand, like, you know, TV reports and things. Hey, guys, so, I've worked out these things attack things that make noise, so let's print out something. <laughs> on these giant machines that are incredibly loud. Yeah. And then, and then distribute them with trucks, probably. It's the best and, fucking yeah. idea ever, guys. Let's just listen yeah. to me. Yeah, that seemed a bit unrealistic. Anywho, moves us down to our final question. Comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Nick Haskins. And the reason why we are doing this last is we've mentioned Livestream for the Cure. We absolutely loved Livestream for the Cure, guys. It was awesome. Congratulations to Nick, Gerald, and Dan for putting on such an amazing show. Congratulations to all the other podcasters and other content creators that came on. Did an amazing job. I can't believe you guys raised $18,000. Yeah, just such an amazing effort. Absolutely. Our audio from that event will be either out or it's coming out very soon. Hard to tell. I, I probably probably around the same time as this episode, guys. So keep an ear out for that. So anyway, what Nick's question is is what type of meal is this movie? Okay, so I'm going to say that this movie is spaghetti because Ooh. a I like spaghetti, but no, the the real reason is it's it's one of those meals where you're like you're trying to eat it and like tidily and look classy and whatever, and it's because it's really good, but you have maybe at like an interview or a or like a, you know, you're having a romantic meal and you're trying to be impressive, but you have to be real careful. Otherwise, it's just going to go all over you and ruin your whole life. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Kind of like, you know, if you if these people make a noise, then it can ruin their whole life. This is if I slip spaghetti and it goes all over my top or whatever. 
This for me is a meal where it's like a restaurant that you and your friends have been talking about going to, but like, and you like, you live or work near this restaurant. So you drive past it. It hasn't been open yet, but you know, it's opening soon. You know, that's, that to me is this film because over the last couple of years, I've still been going to the theaters, but I've been going to see films that have already come out that are, you know, or films that they're just trying to shunt into oblivion. And every time I've gone there, a Quiet Place 2 trailer has played before that film. And I've sat there going, that's right. When are you coming out? Really? Yeah. That it's played every time. Because I was going to say, um, what are you talking about? You went to see Tenet and you loved it. <laughs> I was joking. We hated it. It was an annoying as fuck film and I hated it. Let's not talk about yeah. that film, Liz. Let's just fucking Let's finish on. on a happy note of how much we like this film. Yeah, exactly. That takes us to the end. Thank you, everyone, wow. for listening and joining us on this uh, adventure. Uh, it's awesome that Hollywood's opening up again and we're starting to get, you know, feature releases. But uh, I hope you guys are all, you know, doing it in safe in, in a safe and secure <laughs> manner. I hope that you're all doing it in a safe and secure manner, manner as well, Sam. <laughs> oh, Always, yeah, creepy, you know, remember, no was. glove, no love. <laughs> but look, even if there are no Hollywood films coming out anytime soon, don't worry, there's always St. Trinians. <laughs> We're not doing St. Trinians. But talking about Hollywood films next week, as we mentioned, Liz, Emily, Stacey, Cruella, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yay, Emma Stone. The other thing I've got to plug is our Patreon. We've been chucking up quite a bit of content on there. We've just done a Patreon-only episode for Emily that we mentioned. Uh, she got us to do Drop Dead Gorgeous this month, but we also managed to break down Liz and convince her to watch The Room, and there is... A Patreon-only episode where Liz answers 20 questions from the room. How was that, Liz? How was it? You're tearing me apart, Sam. I don't know. If a lot of people loved each other, Liz, the world would be a better place to live. Yeah, well, the test result has come back, and I definitely have breast cancer. If you want any of the shit to make any sense to you, go to our Patreon, and for as low as $1, you can listen to the episode, and it'll all make sense to you. If you want to get in contact with us, otherwise, you can find us on email at mritqs at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Alternatively, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. Anyway, yeah, that's thanks from me. Thank you from me.